Oh, yes, I will need. Oh, crap. I was just about to pull them up on my computer, and then I realized that I took them on my phone because I watched the first hour of it while I was on my bike. Oh, look at you. I know. I got to get in shape. (laughs) (laughs) The marathon approaches. (laughs) Time is winding down. Oh, my God. So we're back at it. This is I Hate It, Let's Watch It. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And we watched Hypnotic, which is yes, probably the least creative name this movie could have come up with. <laughs> Seriously. There's a lot of lame aspects to this movie that I felt, again, another movie that had some type of potential with how the ending is. Like how, like where we get to. I just, I don't know. I, I found it to be a little... I don't know, boring in its way to get there. It is so boring, Dawn. <laughs> it is so boring. This movie is like it was written by a college student who finished it and then realized that they hadn't hit their word count and then had to go back and like fill in and expand on things that didn't need to yeah, be expanded. Yeah, the writing was it's just, awful. It's not good. The actress who plays Jen, she is in a ton of thrillers. She was in Hush which I think we should do that also. She was in, what is that? Midnight Mass, which I think is like a popular Netflix show now. Okay. Yeah, that was somewhat recent. Yeah. And she's just done other like horror things. So she's very good at the horror genre. But when you're not given the right script, it's just horrible. Yeah, I didn't have a huge problem with her acting. And I feel like I'm comparing... No, it's what she was given. Yeah, I'm comparing this movie very directly to Till Death because that one is just recent and it's kind of a similar vibe to it, I think. Yeah. So I'm very much sort of comparing them directly and I think that this woman in this movie, I don't know her name, but I think she did a better job of acting compared to Megan Fox, but she worked with what she had. She didn't just kind of like let it speak for itself. She actually tried to make it believable. You know yeah, what I mean? she she had the vibe of a lifetime actress who's like just a little bit better than everybody else at being an actress. <laughs> so, yes, yes. But I will say that this character that was written for her is a lot more frustrating than Megan Fox's character until death because this woman was stupid. This woman was a fucking idiot and that's one of the reasons why i enjoyed till death was because megan fox's character had a brain and used it and it was not so bad she did things that i was like okay yeah that's smart good i'm glad you did that and then in this movie i'm watching this one i'm like why would you do that why would you just open your door without using the people you know somebody's trying to kill you what are you doing (laughs) yeah and Although I have to give props to her kind of figuring shit out right away. It wasn't that hard to figure out. No, it wasn't. But I'm saying given the fact that, I mean, obviously you have to kind of go in order, I guess. I don't know. Because I feel like I it all kind of happens so quickly. Yes. The plot unravels very quickly in the first 40 minutes. And I remember looking at the time being like, oh, we must be almost done because we've just revealed pretty much all of the plot. Everything. Yeah. And then yeah. it was like, you have 40 minutes left. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? And that was the pro. And that's why I felt like it was something like a script that had been finished. And then they were like, we need to make this longer. And then they just went back in mm-hmm. and started adding superfluous material. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't take very long to understand 
understand what's happening. The only thing that takes them a long time is to connect it to his wife, his dead wife, which I'm just like, right, why did right. nobody look into this man's wife? That was kind of like a duh. Yeah. Or the the similar traits in the victims. I feel like that should have been sooner, way sooner. Like not just when Jen and Gina confront the detective and that's when he decides to think about it. I I, I don't know. We get to notice it right away because the opening scene is his last victim and mm-hmm. she's in she's in this elevator that appears to close in on itself in a very Star Wars trash compactor kind of way. Yes. And she dies. But she gets a phone call first. Right. From him. Yeah. I mean, we don't know that. It's from an unknown caller. It's right. It's from an unknown caller. And the person on the other end says, this is how the world ends. And then this is when she starts panicking and the walls close in and all that. But I remember thinking then when we cut to meet, um, fuck, what is her name? The friend? No. <laughs> oh, Jen. Okay. The main girl, Jen. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> when we cut <laughs> when we cut to meet Jen, she looks just like this woman that was in the elevator. So I was yes. like, for a minute, I was like, wait, did I miss? Did they say like five years ago or six months ago or something? I thought it was the same person for a little while. So automatically I'm making the connection in my brain that she looks just like his last victim. And then when he said to her, Oh, I was married to Amy, my wife, she was my soulmate and she died. I was like, okay, well, we just solved this case because obviously <laughs> this has something to do with your wife. Obviously. But nobody puts that together until the last 20 minutes of the movie. It's very annoying. Right. So I also love her introduction. She shows up to her friend's house for a housewarming party and she basically says, I had a bottle of wine to bring, but I drank it. And then she shows up with a dead plant and said, and I'm like, you are a mess. Yeah. Uh, like, like, holy shit. And then she finds out her ex is at the party and it just adds insult to injury at that point. Yeah, I actually, I thought it was a little bit campy for that to be her intro. Like, they they did some things well, but I felt like that wasn't super subtle in terms of, like, this woman does not have her life together. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just, like, a little bit cliche for me in a way that I wasn't in love with. But what I was in love with was how they were establishing intimacy between her and her ex-fiance, Brian. That whole moment right. at the table when he's about to eat something that has sesame oil in it and she stops and she's like wait does this have sesame in it and then the friend's like oh shit it totally does it shows that knowledge that you have of somebody and that you're right that you're always like constantly looking out for them even when you're not together because that's just your habit that's how you functioned for mm-hmm. so long that it's normal to do that I thought that was really nice and I honestly didn't even really need the establishment that they did after that of explaining the relationship and what like I almost felt like they didn't need to do that at that point because it was just like okay I get it like they had a very serious relationship I didn't really need to be told anything else I got it yeah so she gets introduced to Dr. Mead and her first thing is kind of what was on my mind too like oh since when do you invite your therapist to your parties yeah okay that's a first red flag these are two separate questions actually why would her friend invite her therapist and why would the therapist say yes because they're two different issues there and I think they're both equally problematic (laughs) yeah just a bit no you should not have a personal friendship with your therapist (laughs) no and he immediately takes to Jen and he even says he's like oh this is the Jen and it's like oh shit now you're just admitting that you guys talk about her in therapy right like, which is weird because so fucked you up. generally don't talk about people in therapy that are good 
for you. <laughs> right. Generally, I mean, sometimes you do, but I don't know, for the most part, it's like, I have a problem and it has to do with this person. <laughs> Unless maybe she's talking about how weird it is for her that her friend's going through a hard time or something and she wants to support her. But either way, he seems to have pre-existing knowledge of her in a way that's probably right. very personal <laughs> and uncomfortable. So I don't like that. That's not cool. Yeah, no. And it basically gets him interested in her as a client, as we would be kind of forced to assume right off the bat. And he hands her his card, which I felt was very American Psycho-esque. So he just slides it over. So it was his fucking office. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) It looked like it was a video game lab. Yeah, there's like uplighting in weird places and uplighting that's red everywhere. (laughs) It's just very threatening. It's not the type of environment that I would go to and be like, oh, I feel safe here. I feel safe enough to unburden myself to you. My anxiety is worse. Thank you. I'm in a spaceship. Yeah. (laughs) There was no receptionist. There was no like she just went up and sat on a bench in a dark hallway. Yeah, and they don't even show you how she got her paperwork, but all of a sudden she has paperwork that she's filling out. And it's like, where did that come from? I actually totally missed that because I thought like, oh, you just go in and there's no intake or anything like that. Like that was weird. No, she like randomly picked up a clipboard at one point. And I'm like, where the fuck did you get that? <laughs> and then this woman comes out of her appointment and she was freaky. Yes as fuck yes if i saw this oh my god i would have ran away (laughs) yes this is not an endorsement she was giving him an endorsement but it was not an endorsement Uh, no she's a hair puller due to anxiety and she literally sounded like a robot like she was repeating a speech that was given to her which makes sense now but it was very very off-putting yes and even at the end of what her spiel, she was like, he's waiting for you. And it's like, ew. Ah, <laughs> yeah, no. Ew, ew. Yeah, no, thank <laughs> you. That is the wrong thing to say. But, you know, she goes in and has her little therapy sesh. Do they do hip hypnosis in the first one? Yeah, because um, that's when he suggests that she has dinner with. No, no, that wasn't the first. Oh, no. That's oh, not right. the first session. I don't remember if they do it in the first session. They probably do. Well, I oh, they do. because Yes. No, they do because he was like, do you have anything to do after this? And she was like, no. And he was like, well, hypnotherapy is a cool thing we could try. And she's like, um, I don't like relinquishing control. And he was right. like, oh, but you're always in control of your subconscious. So it's great. He does some really great gaslighting in this movie. If oh, people yeah. want to know what gaslighting actually is, because I think a a lot of people don't understand the definition this this is gaslighting <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. where he manipulates her mind and then tells her that she's the one doing it and that he has nothing to right. do with that but she's in control the whole time it's like mm, no but whatever he does during that one it does get her to get a job right yeah the next she day or whatever yeah she gets and i think it's been like a month right oh yeah it said it said i think it said three, three was it three weeks or three months oh god <laughs> We both just. I want to say I wrote it down. I know. I don't know that it's hugely important, but like some amount of time has passed. She's gone to several sessions with him, and they've done this hypnosis presumably each time. And she does get this job, and and she's wearing I don't know how because she's wearing a very ill-fitting pantsuit. It's so unflattering. I don't Mm. know what she was thinking. It was. It was three months, by the way. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, because he. 
runs into her at the mall and is like, oh, you haven't been to see me in a while. And she's like, yeah, I've been busy, blah, blah. And he was like, well, like, can I get you a coffee to celebrate this job that you just got? And so they go to this Again, all the, Very dark, all the places please. in this movie are just kind of weird. Like, I don't even know where to find them. They seem like dark corner places where you would go to get date raped. It's just not a good vibe. <laughs> so right. they're having conversation and he kind of turns it into an appointment. He starts asking more prying questions about mm-hmm. Brian. And she's like, I'm having a real rough time with it. It really hurts to see him. And he's like, well, why don't you tell him this? You should invite him over for dinner and have a conversation about it and explain your boundaries. And she's like, eh, I don't know. And he was like, no, no, you can do it. You got this. So she ends up agreeing and calls Brian. We don't see it, but she calls Brian, invites him. He calls her back and is like, yep, I'm going to come. So she goes shopping to buy the shit to make dinner. And Mm -hmm. while she's like walking to put the cart back, I guess, or no, is it before? Walking into the store. Yeah. Walking in. So she gets a phone call from an unknown caller. Well, what he says here, though, is... Well, we don't find that out till later, but we could talk about it now, I guess. Well, just she gets a call and it says, carry the fire. Right. Which I found odd since it wasn't what he said to the other one. Yeah. And I just don't know what it means. Like, I don't if it's a metaphor Mm -hmm. or part of some other kind of, I don't know. So the next thing that she knows and the next thing that we know, she's coming to at the dinner table. And I got to say, I saw this coming immediately. Like, again, this movie did not really pull any punches that I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. So when she comes to... Apparently, they've been having dinner, but Brian is dying on the floor in her bathroom because she made something with sesame oil in it. And she try- she gives him his EpiPen and calls an ambulance, and he's in a coma, basically. And this is all very terrible. But she, re- as you said before, she realizes very quickly that she was, like, missing time and then mm-hmm. immediately realizes that the only other time she feels like this is when she has her uh, hypnosis sessions with Dr. Mead. So she's like, did I somehow become hypnotized and do this intentionally? Right. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, actually. <laughs> yeah, and she starts looking up all different hypnotic crimes and um, then starts to catch on real quick. And that's when I'm like, okay, she gets it. And honestly, at this point, it's wild because the friend who introduced her mm-hmm. is so oblivious to the whole thing. Right. She's like, it seems like that would be it, but I don't think it's it. Yeah, for some reason, the evidence is not compelling. And yet, no. his, his name is even... See, this annoyed me because we do ultimately find out that he had changed his name at some point but he hasn't changed it recently and you would think that every time he killed somebody he would want to change his name because now there's connections when she googles his name it comes up in connection to this death of the woman we saw at the beginning of the movie you would think he wouldn't want that out there and if he's changed his name once he can change it again so i just that feels very stupid to me that he didn't do that why go to the trouble of reinventing yourself and not reinvent your name the other stupid thing the friend does is so like the two of them go to the cops now and right they they talk they talk to uh dule hill who is one of the guys from psych and so that's, psych i was gonna say yeah. i knew he was on psych that's so that's how i pictured him but he's he plays a much more serious and somber role in this movie but 
they're talking to him he's basically saying like i have the same feelings but i can't prove anything and there's just not enough evidence and whatever and he said at one point like yeah they just wouldn't let me keep looking into it and i just don't Right. Why? That doesn't make sense because he said they had the warrants and they right. were looking and then they made them him just stop midway. And then um what's her face? Jen asks him why they why he stopped, why they made him stop, and he never answers that question because I had the no. same question. And then whatever he says next is almost like changing the subject. And I'm like, hey, hey bro, she asked you a question and I would also like to hear the answer because I don't understand why you couldn't continue looking into this. And even if your superiors didn't want you to, I mean, God, would it ever be the first time that somebody just continued to look into a case on their own time just because they had a hunch or whatever? You know, like you're not using up a ton of resources. You're just looking into it so yeah because all the research that he does later in this movie he could have done then yes exactly and come to the same conclusions so and when they came to him he seemed so annoyed like he just was so like just not having it i didn't think he was frustrated with them i think he was frustrated with the fact that he hasn't been able to get any traction on the case and that now he can see it happening again to new Mm. women and and, yeah. and he's just like, well, I wish I could help you, but my hands are tied here. Like, I really can't do anything. And I, I think it's more a frustration at the system than than their actual complaints. Yeah. But the thing that bothered me was when they leave the police station, they've realized because now what's the friend's name? I wrote it down. Gina. Gina, right. Gina reveals that she has also done one hypnosis session with Dr. Mead, so she could be controlled as well. And so the two of them are, like, leaving, and they're just like, oh my god, like, what do we do? This is terrible. And then they just, like, separate and walk in different directions, and I'm like, wouldn't you want to stick together, keep an eye on one another, so that in case one of you falls into a hypnotic trance, that the other one can do something about it? I feel like the safety numbers thing here would have been huge, and And, you know, if you can't, then just you should be chaining yourself to a pillar or, you know, something sturdy so that you can't fucking go anywhere and kill anybody. It's just like they go about their lives as normal. And it's like um, someone can enter your brain at any time and force you to do things. Yeah. And Jen is more of an idiot again because she decides to go to another session Mm -hmm. and record him. Yeah. Come on. You really thought you were going to get away with that? No. And the minute he puts her under, he's like, why are you here today? Yeah. Are you recording me? Why are you recording me? And she goes back to her car afterwards. Here's the whole thing. Yeah. In the creepy parking garage and like doesn't drive to safety first. I was like, get out of the parking garage. Again, this is my comparison to Till Death. Megan Fox would have driven away. (laughs) I'm just going to say that. Yes. Yes, (laughs) she would have. Not that anything ended up happening to her in the parking garage, but, like, that just would have been the smart thing to do. And he knows that they were at the police station together because he did hypnosis on Gina, who told him everything. I believe that's what happened. And then, Oh, I thought um, he was just spying on them. Oh, maybe? Because I think she said that later. And we also got that weird sort of, like, across-the-street view of them coming out of the police station. Oh, yes, That yes, felt yes. kind of surveillance-y to me, so I think that's what we were supposed to... I don't know how he knew that they were going there, unless he just followed her all the time, but he's, yeah. he's there <laughs> somehow. He's there. And then she then realizes that Gina's the next target, and she calls her, and, he, and she's in the car with her husband. And... She's like, listen, you got to get go home right now. Doesn't want to listen again. Doesn't want to listen again. At all. Like she should be a lot more concerned. <laughs> 
and it's just like, like not. There's a reason Jen is calling you erratic and telling you to get the fuck home. When he picked up the phone, I was like, this is Dr. Mead. She should have been like, hang the fuck up. Right. Don't even listen to what he has to say. Jen literally told you exactly how he controlled her from a distance. He called her on the phone and said a message. You should just not be taking his phone calls. And it came up as unknown. Like, yeah. if it came up, well, it sounded like she was expecting a call from somebody that maybe wasn't in her contacts or whatever. But regardless, the first thing he said was, this is Dr. Mead. Is this a good time? And she should have been like, hang up. She shouldn't have even said, you know what? No, right, like, like I'm in the car with Scott. Yeah. And no, it's like, it don't wasn't. even just hang up. <laughs> Yeah, and then he does his immediate, this is how the world ends, hangs up. She then starts to imagine yeah. a tarantula crawling up her body. Thanks for the trigger warning, by the way. I know. Thank you for letting Sorry. me know that there was going to be a it. giant fucking hairy spider in this movie. And she is legit freaking out. And of course, the husband doesn't see it. And she's like, get it off, get it off, get it off. She accelerates, literally crashes into a semi-truck, and bye bye I would do the same thing, you know? I'm, oh, I would have, too. I'm I mean, waiting for the day that an instant in my car is responsible for my death because that is coming (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's very sad because uh, it's just like again so stupid easily prevented just hang up the phone it made me so angry so then we have a scene of wade rollins that's uh that's the cop a detective yeah he goes to pay a visit to dr mead and they have a drink and i'm sorry i just you don't accept alcohol or any any kind of beverage really from From somebody that you're murderer (laughs) just don't do it i mean again nothing bad happens but the answer is no. You just don't take that drink. Exactly. He does confiscate a spoon or something and slip it into his pocket so they can run his fingerprints for identification purposes. But their whole conversation is kind of a waste of time because he just reiterates what we already know from the investigation that all these women look alike and they have similar murder slash disappearances and whatever. It's like, okay, thanks for that. Yeah, we saw you get the spoon. Um, Okay. Right. Great. That was like, even like five minutes for nothing. And even Dr. Mead's reaction when he's like, when the detective goes, oh, you know, Gina and her husband Scott like died in a car crash today. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? No, you're kidding. And it's like, yeah, it's oh, so my terrible. God. And then and even when he, he says she was suffering from, oh, from like one of like a more common thing. And the detective is like, oh, claustrophobia. He was like, no, arachnophobia. My last claustrophobic patient was that girl who died. And it was just like. Yeah, you're just proving everything right now. Thank you. Like, why are we? And the fact that they still can't charge this guy. I mean, I get it when he said charging somebody with murder and convicting somebody of murder is so difficult. I mean, it, it is and it should be. But it seems like there's tons of circumstantial evidence in this case at the very least so Mm -hmm. i mean is what it is but so now he knows that this cop is looking into him again he feels threatened so he goes around he pays a visit to jen the cop pays a visit to jen right yes yeah to check on her and just kind of be like, here's where we're at. Here's his file or here's the file that I have. Here's everything I have. Kind of look over it and let me know if you see anything. He uh, he makes a comment. He's like, sorry, I didn't call. My phone died. And then 
he leaves and there's an immediate knock at the door. And this is what I referenced before. Bitch doesn't even check her people, just opens it knowing that this guy is out there trying to kill her. And... Even if you didn't, I'm checking the peephole if I have one. Right. <laughs> like, you, like, why would you ever just, especially being on edge, like, she should be on edge right now. Yeah. But she could have also been hypnotized at that point. I don't think so. I, it's really? unclear how his hypnotism works. Because he can do it over the phone, obviously. But he also... And I think he does it at that moment, too. Because then... He tells her, okay, relax. And she collapses but to the she, floor. But she he tries tells her to whatever. shut the door on him. Right. If she was hypnotized, she would just let him in. But he might have said a code word we didn't catch that got her to just like. He seems to have code words that gets people to <laughs> Why do Why are you defending her? She's just a stupid person. <laughs> <laughs> she opened the door for the devil. So he, he gets in and then he does, in fact, hypnotize her so that he can monologue and like go on his whole spiel. And mm-hmm. I don't think anything really comes of this scene either. He's just kind of there to threaten her. Right. Right. And then that's when he tells her, relax, she collapses to the yeah. floor. And then and then she picks up her phone to call the detective, even though he just told her about 10 minutes ago that his phone was dead. And that's why he couldn't call her. And so she's like desperately trying to call him and his his phone is dead he gets home and plugs it in he's home watching the true crime it's it's something yeah something like that program and basically dr mead sicked the hair pulling chick yeah yeah because i thought at first it was going to be him coming out of the kitchen cabinets and i was like how did he fit in there but it makes a lot more sense that it's this little tiny asian woman that rips her hair out yeah i mean did he also train her in martial arts when he had her under hypnosis or does she just probably could have fight (laughs) or are we just using the intense stereotype right now that this little asian knows martial arts (laughs) i mean the movie certainly is but yeah actually this movie reminded me a lot if malignant and false positive had a bastard child that's what this movie is okay <laughs> i see it and i'll tell you why i see yeah, it later on for lots of but reasons I, but I see it yes lots of reasons but there's a main one that i have to bring up okay so yeah so she kind of she stabby stabs him so many so much she <laughs> she stabby stabs him and then he hits her with a fucking wooden box and then they're both passed out it's great that was for you leo allen <laughs> one more stabby, stabby stab, stab for the road but he's he's i guess okay yeah he ends up at the hospital so yes he, he's there and then she come jen comes to visit him oh and and like this is when jen goes oh, no, to that sees, other yes. hypnotist because she talks to the detective about how they use hypnotists the cops do to jog information free from witnesses so she goes to see one of their hypnotists and when the hypnotist attempts to <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> I'm like, i just got so scared of your hand <laughs> oh my god why <laughs> because it didn't look like it was yours and it just looked like there was this hand coming from the side oh my god it's gabriel no seriously like i got scared from that my heart like just thought there was somebody else in the room with you oh my god okay (laughs) 
So anyway, Jen's being hypnotized and Dr. I'm supposed to say Dr. Colonel, Dr. Me. Oh my God. <laughs> he has put some fail safes in her brain so that if anybody tries to get in there and undo his beautiful work, she will basically have a seizure. But while she's having this seizure externally, internally, she's like visiting like a, this house a memory. Xavier, yes. And it's the house. The address is 1010 Haven Place, and it's Xavier Sullivan's house. And she right. also then sees a bracelet with the date of March 6th on it. Right. And then yeah. this is when she gets woken up by the hypnotist who's freaking the mm -hmm. fuck out of what's going on. As I That's would. <laughs> yeah. And and then explains the whole failsafe thing. Yeah. And um, so once she writes down everything that she remembered, and she calls Detective Rollins again and is like, oh, have you ever... No. Wait. Oh no, 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 you're right. I'm shaking my head because oh, this is I'm another like, wrong with stupid happening? thing where she was like, There's no time to explain. I'm just gonna go by myself. And it was like, You fucking idiot. Right. Wait, for and that backup. was right before she's like, <laughs> she asked a detective, Have you ever heard of MK Ultra before? And I'm like Oh my god, Lapotl. And that's the funny part <laughs> when you Lapotl, but also when you said the whole thing about needing more stuff to write about, the yeah. person went back and was like, let me throw in some education of Yeah, oh you know, barely. You know I mean that was mind like control, it was um MK Ultra and the CIA and the Manchurian candidate. I'm surprised they didn't mention the Manchurian candidate. I know. But yeah. I'm no. su I'm surprised the Manchurian candidate wasn't Xavier Sullivan and there was a weird tie <laughs> in there or something. Yeah. She goes to the house she goes in the house she starts looking around she sees pictures she sees this xavier sullivan with a little boy in a picture and then she sees dr mead with his wife in a picture and sure enough dr mead is right behind her and is like wasn't she beautiful you know and starts giving the whole spiel mm -hmm. and we find out dun 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 <laughs> Not only was Xavier Sullivan his mentor, it was his dad. Oh, snap. Oh, my God. Because we didn't see that coming. Oh, um, the worst. I mean, I didn't see the MK Ultra stuff coming, but that's because. No, but that was even like a blip. <laughs> yeah. That was just let's mention something in history. And that, then yeah, that was like a little, a little seasoning that somebody threw in at the end mm -hmm. to try and save the soup. Save the soup. <laughs> Hashtag save the soup. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes so basically he starts dressing yeah he wants his wife's doppelganger yeah like <laughs> this finds... is the plan this is the yes. plan he's going to turn jen into his he's going wife, through all of he... his patients looking for someone who looks like his wife and is also susceptible to his mind tricks so but he goes off with so many characteristics he's like you walk like her, you talk like her, you oh, smell oh. like her. And then he said, like, that really, oh. he said that really gross line, there's nothing quite like a woman's scent. And I just, I wanted to vomit. I was like, that's so not okay to say. So then he legit dresses her in a red dress, mm -hmm. starts painting her nails, has is her this, in this frozen... Is this before or after he does the old switcheroo? The old switcheroo. Yeah, when he makes her think that they're in his office. It's during. It's during. Okay. <laughs> it's concurrent. I got confused in terms of timing. Because as they're, as like the SWAT team's coming for the office, he's sitting right, there but, talking to her. But they're going to the office because at some point she was in 
his office or thinks that she's in his office and calls right but he's she's detective. really in the bedroom you're right okay but yeah and calls the detective and is like i'm in the office and in my head i'm thinking like oh my god he let her keep her phone that's so fucking stupid but he wanted her to call him and send the cops mm-hmm. to the office because they weren't actually at the office they were still in the bedroom where he's dressing her in this red dress and um making her look as much like his wife as possible and it's creepy yes yep <laughs> there we go just how he go no but just how he goes about it because then he also goes to put lipstick on her mm-hmm. and he has her legit frozen to the bed like she can't move just her yeah. eyes mm-hmm. and it's very house of wax-esque oh i have not where seen that one. oh my god jared padalecki is now a wax figure but he's still alive underneath all the wax and only his eyes can move back and forth and that's exactly what it reminded me of <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a movie we should do also i think you've suggested it before it might even be on i have so then at that point they realize oh he hypnotized her she thinks she's in the office she's not in the office so they get to the house and um he freezes her even more by putting her hands on the bars of the bed yeah, and he says don't move <laughs> don't let go <laughs> Don't yeah. let go. And um, yeah, a, a rumble ensues. Right. We have a nice little a, showdown a between the detective yeah. and and what's his face, the doctor. And the annoying thing was like he goes into that room. I mean, he cuts the power and then he draws the detective into that room with the flashing light that did this movie mm-hmm. come with a trigger warning for people who suffer from seizures? Because I feel like No, it but that was have. one of the first thing I thought of when he first hit my yeah. I'm like, um, was that even in the paperwork like prior to the session? Like, do you are you prone to yeah, seizures? But because... like not even just for the people in the movie, but for viewers. I feel like that could be right. potentially triggering. But when he was in that room, I was like, just shoot out that light, man. You know, like that's disrupting you more than it's helping you. So like yeah. just shoot out the light. He doesn't. And they get into a little squabble and it's not going well for the detective. And so no. while this is going on, Jen kind of regains control of her subconscious and is able to let go of the bed and starts crawling. And then she picks up a gun that was dropped in the scuffle and she shoots it. And then the scene cuts away. And the next thing we have is her on the couch waking up and the detective in quotes is comforting her and saying oh you know you're a good shot he's gone we're waiting for backup blah blah and then he calls her my love which apparently has been reprogrammed in her brain by the cops hypnotist to wake her up from whatever hypnotic state that yes doctor has her in and so she realizes that this is a dream and she wakes up and the doctor is still alive and poor uh you know poor wade is over there bleeding out so she smashes yes. him in the face i didn't even see with what what does she smash his face with oh uh, i did not catch that I, she grabs something off the coffee table and just like beams him with it and she's like mm-hmm. i'm not your love which is probably the worst kill line i've ever heard and she scurries off to help the cop and i think so we're meant to believe that when she fired that gun before he put her in a dream state that she shot the detective is that what happened because he said you shot me yeah i have a feeling that's exactly okay <laughs> <laughs> so like that's not great for her but she also shoots the doctor and kills him officially Mm-hmm. so that's good <laughs> i guess and then we skip ahead we get a future scene where she's got a great job horrible 
Bang. Yeah, horrible. She had was Why she wearing she a wig this bangs? whole movie because her hairline so, was but really the, not looking great. But these bangs were not <laughs> not it. They were malignant. They were malignant bangs. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Wade is all right. She's like still hung up on her comatose ex-fiance which is like Mm -hmm. kind of unfortunate right do you think he would even forgive her because when he wakes up he probably is realized because she said to gina that she just sat there watching him die let it happen he must he must remember that to some level i mean i guess she could try to explain it and say like no it really i was hypnotized but i don't know does that fear ever go away (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean to have somebody poison you and then just watch you literally choke and barf up yeah all your insides right and just not move not do anything Uh, yeah but given she was so reactive to preventing him get any sesame seed oil in his food like we saw in the beginning yeah i don't think he'd think that was her You know, like, I think maybe if he was explained the situation, he would understand. I would be wary. All right. Just because you almost died, you know, you kind of have to be a little cautious. (laughs) Because even if it was an accident and even if she was under hypnosis, what if that happened again? (laughs) Right. Very true. Now. Very true. I mean, I guess you would probably not do hypnosis ever again, but. I don't know I would ever do hypnosis after seeing this movie. (laughs) No. I'm not interested. (laughs) Unless it was a weight loss hypnosis. Like if it was a general type of hypnosis, not not general, a specific type. Because if it was general, this could happen. Right, like those hypnosis tapes that are like in Friends when Chandler's trying to quit smoking and he listens to the the tape that's actually for it's like you're a beautiful strong woman or something. <laughs> so something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would just be worried. I don't know. I feel like if if I can't be in control of my subconscious, that really scares me. Mm. Oh, so you're saying that this movie lied you're not in control of your subconscious? Uh yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think that one no, could you, you can't be. Yeah, I don't no. think one could argue that that you that you can be <laughs> in control. I don't know. I don't think you can control your subconscious. If I could, I mean, I know that people have learned how to like lucid dream and stuff, but it's it takes a lot of training and practice and you would think that if you just wanted to be able to control your subconscious you could do it but i can't control my dreams and i know that because i have the weirdest fucking dreams in the world so you really do (laughs) i had a dream i was in outer space last night and it was very stressful because space is scary (laughs) (laughs) i wish i remembered more i remembered more this morning but i then I kind of forgot about it during the day, so I can't give you any details. But it, I remember being very stressed out when I woke up about being in outer space. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, my special. See, you don't special need brain. hypnosis. You don't need hypnosis. Your dreams take you to these places. (laughs) That's true. But like, even when they do it for like magic show, you know, like kind of like a sideshow act kind of things Uh where they like hypnotize people. Like, I wonder how real that is, you know? Is Mm -hmm. it like a Ouija board where everybody is kind of pushing it and we're all pretending that nobody's actually guiding it, but somebody is? Do people, when they're like hypnotized, are they just kind of playing into it because it's more fun to do that than to just stand there and be like, no. (laughs) 
I really wish I had answers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think one of us should try go try and get hypnotized and see how it goes. So um, you do that, and you can okay. report back and tell us how the hypnotism went, and we'll just go from there. But thank you for volunteering, and we look You're forward so to hearing. <laughs> about your experience (laughs) i can't wait to uh indulge you all with my experience so that was hypnotic everybody yeah it wasn't a terrible movie but it was not a good movie and for the 90 minutes that it was it was the longest 90 minutes of my life so it was it was lackluster it was was not a quick um... watch There was no, um, there was no suspense impulses. Yeah, there was no quick shocks and surprises. It just kind of stayed monotone the entire time. Right. And everything was very predictable. You saw everything coming before it happened. And nothing really, the twist ending was not really so much a twist. It was just kind of like, a no. Oh, Okay. Yeah, kind of. You could get a general outline of what the end was going to be. And then when they filled in the details, everything was just like, okay, sure. Yep. Fine. Thanks for uh, confirming. I had more fun watching Till Death. Okay. I'll give you that. Good. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'll take my victories where I can get them. Uh, so we're two movies down, three more to go. We have The Resort, Midnight Me Train, and Nocturnal Animals. Don't forget, you know where to find us. Twitter, Instagram, website. We got the merch. We got cocktails. Totally treat us to cocktails. You can do that. That's within your power. Yes. You're allowed. We're letting you. (laughs) So yeah, until next time.